Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. So I've titled today's message today, Apply What You Know and Be Open to Grow. Apply what you know and be open to grow. So how about we pray this morning? Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We honor your word and what it means for our life. We thank you that your word brings teaching to us. It brings direction to us. And Father, we just pray that our hearts would be open to what you have to share uh, this morning, Father, as you speak through me. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that your words would reach the mark today. And uh, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, You know, applying what you know and being open to grow, I just want to share quickly, um, for those that don't know, I'm a panel beater by trade. And I've got to tell you that when I first started in the trade, I was terrible. I, I didn't have a lot of hand skills and, and there was so much that I had to learn. And when we went to TAFE, after doing a, a fair bit of theory around about, you know, the way cars are put together and what components are called and all that sort of stuff, we got to do a practical. And I love doing practical things. I'm a very practical person. And so our first lesson in the workshop was to make a hubcap. And uh, I do have sort of like a bit of a picture here. It's not the hubcap that I did make, but it was similar to that. And so you start off with a a one millimeter thick piece of mild steel, and you you have to start to fashion that into a round dome shape. And, uh, you know, when you don't know anything... It doesn't really matter when you start to make a hubcap because all you've got to do is you've just got to apply what you know. Any mug can pick up a hammer and start actually putting pimples in a piece of steel. And so that was the first thing that we had to do. We had to pick up, the first hammer was a blocking hammer and we had to go against a a very dull surface, top of a wood block that had a big dip in it. And you just start basically making a whole heap of pimples in that, one by one by one, blow by blow by blow. And then after a while, you start to get a bit of shape. And you see you change to a ball pane hammer. It's got a really nice round front on it. And you start stretching that some more. And you start belting into that thing until you actually get around about the depth of the shape that you need to get. And after that process, you change to a planishing hammer. And and after, after these processes, after about two hours, you actually start to see this shape taking place, this, this dome shape taking place. You see, but one thing that that is is true is that you don't end up with a hubcap with one blow it takes a lot of little changes to actually make the shape happen and and it's so true for our lives as well that sometimes if you're anything like me you just want to go from a to z you just you just want to get to the destination but you see there's there's so many increments of change that we have to go through in order to get to that place and so applying what we know, I believe that, that God wants us to be people of faith. God wants us to be people that would take a hold of whatever revelation that has been revealed to us. And even if it's not a revelation that has been revealed to us, it could be something that we've learned from somebody else as well. And so the first step for us is just to apply what we know. And so for you today and for me today, you know, we, we understand that, that God responds to faith in our lives, right? And so we just have to get a hold of a principle of God and start to apply that to our lives. None of us get the whole revelation 
We don't have all understanding. You know, God alone, as, as Mark uh, alluded to this morning, is omniscient. Like he, he's all knowing. He knows everything. We know a little bit. But I believe that the encouragement to us as believers in order for us to, to pivot in times of change is just to apply what we know is the starting point for us today. And, um, you know, likewise, I believe there's a natural progression in this life for us to experience changes. Um, little by little, we notice our, our bodies getting uh, different, old. <laughs> you know, when, when you hit your 40s, you start getting gray hair. My brother got gray hair when he was in his 20s. God bless him. But, you know, there's changes that happen in our bodies. And, and we see things that happen. And, and there's a natural progression in life for us to experience change. And even if we were to look at a plant, you know, the plant doesn't start off as a plant. The plant starts off as a seed. And then it gets put in the soil and then we get a seedling and, and then we get a plant and the plant comes to maturity and it produces a flower, it produces a fruit. We see these things all around about us. And uh, it, likewise with, with each one of us, you know, we, we own have, our, have our own set of external factors that contribute to change around about our lives. There may be the family that we were born into or the culture. You know, we're in Australia, the culture that we, we find ourselves here in Australia. Um, it could be, you know, the, the changes that we see within our society and our culture that cause change to come around about our lives. Um, it's, for the most part, is unavoidable that we experience change. Um, the same is true when we come to our new birth. And so we've gone through um, our childhood and and, and, and I can remember, you know, uh, you know, being present, uh, you know, in the birthing suite when our children were born. And my goodness, what an experience that was. But what a shame if, if my children just stayed in that infant form. You know, it's not the natural progression of things for a child just to stay in that infant form. There's a progression that they change and they grow and they go through puberty. God bless puberty. <laughs> And everything else that goes with that. But the same is true when it comes to our new birth. You know, the Bible talks about a new birth. Our growth towards being more like Christ occurs through changes that are permitted by God through His Holy Spirit. And I just want us to look this morning at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. And, uh, and Paul had this to say, But all of us who are Christians have no veils on our faces, but reflect like mirrors the glory of of the Lord. Paul was just talking about Moses and uh, how Moses had to wear a veil over his face after he went up on the mountain and met with God and uh, people couldn't look at him. His face was so radiating um, the glory of God. And he says, we are transfigured or the word is changed by the spirit of the Lord in ever increasing splendor into what? His own image. You know, it's interesting that word there, change, um, the Greek word uh, that we all know as metamorphosis in, in our life, um, where we see a, a caterpillar, you know, change into a butterfly. And uh, we're very blessed while we're away to have so many wonderful butterflies come and visit this garden uh, on the house that we're staying at. But, you know, what a shame if the, if the butterfly just remained as a caterpillar and didn't progress through that stage. And, and, and the Apostle Paul is talking about this, that the Holy Spirit permits changes to take place in our lives and around our lives so that what we become more like Him. He wants us to become transformed to be like His Son, Jesus. You know, the Bible says that 
when we come to faith, it's, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And if you're anything like me, sometimes you might be a little bit resistant to that process because those things within me that I find I get comfortable with, all of a sudden I get uncomfortable with. And God's wanting to say, hey, Ken, it's time now to give that thing up. It's time now to let that attitude go. It's time now to forgive that person. And constantly the Holy Spirit is wanting to move in and around about our lives to make us more like his son, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul also had this to say about that process in 2 Timothy 2 and chapter 10. He said, therefore, I am ready to persevere and stand my ground with patience and endure anything for the sake of the elect, that's God's chosen, so that they too may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with the reward of eternal glory. I just want to bring out one word in that, in that actual verse there. And he says that they may to obtain. Paul's just spoken about the, the, the various trials and things that he's found himself going through. But for, Paul's focus is not on, on focusing on being in jail or, or being whipped or being shipwrecked. His focus is on others. His focus is on that others would obtain. And it's really interesting because that, that actual word, uh, the Greek word is tunkano, uh, actually means to hit the mark. And you see, I believe that what Paul was wanting to convey was that, yes, I have gone through all these trials and there's been tribulation that's come around about my life and, and there's been things that have made me uncomfortable, but it's not just been for my own, uh, you know, transformation it's been so that other people too will be able to reach the mark and their lives too would be able to hit the mark as well. And if you're anything like me, when you're going through changes and there's things happening around about you that you've got very little control over, it can become all about me. <laughs> it can become all about woe is me and, and why do I have to go through this? And why does, why does my life have to be made to be uncomfortable and why is there pressure around about my life and if we stop for a moment and just think about Paul's words here perhaps it's not always just meant to be about us <laughs> perhaps it's meant to be about what God wants to do in us and through us that other people too would be able to look at us and see hey here's someone that seems to be winning at life here's someone that seems to be breaking through in an area I see that there's been trials and there's been things around about their lives, but all of us, and I don't know if you'd like me, but when I look at the life of the Apostle Paul and so many other people in the Bible, I think, my gosh, my, my life has not come even close to some of the things that these guys have gone through. Yet, what are they saying? They're saying, I've gone through all this because I want to see people brought to Jesus. I want to see people come to a knowledge of Jesus. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. It's about what God wants to do in and through us to reach other people. So we can't always control our circumstances, but we can control whether an experience makes us a bitter person or a better person. What matters in life is not so much what happens to us, but what is happening in us. And that's a quote from Josh Hunt. Do you know that God even uses the problems that we bring upon ourselves? <laughs> Anyone ever bring problems upon yourself? I don't know about you, but sometimes you just don't need to, it's like you don't need to go and find it. It, it just sometimes finds you. Like, 
like you do things and you, and you make, you make, we don't always make good decisions all the time, do we? Consistently make good decisions. And uh, we're encouraged throughout the Proverbs to seek wisdom and to seek understanding. Yet the reality is a lot of us sometimes we, we make decisions and, and they're not good decisions. Yet God is so full of grace towards us that he even uses those problems that we bring upon ourselves for our own good. In Romans 8.28, and I love the Amplified translation, it says, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes what? Some things. Does, hang on a minute. He causes all things, all things to work together. Get this, as a plan for good for those who love God. Anyone here today that loves God? I'd hope that if I was in a church today with Christians, there were people that said, yes, I love God. I love God. For those that love God, so that's you. For those that love God, to those who are called according to His plan and His purpose. Get that, that God's got a plan and God's got a purpose for our lives. And even those things, those, those decisions that, that we fall short of, God is such a God of grace and mercy that He's going to use those things if we allow Him to bring healing to our lives, bring restoration to our lives, to teach us, to show us, to lead us, to guide us into being more like Christ. Isn't it an amazing God that we serve? He's just so full of grace towards us. We need to remain open to the changes that God permits and apply what we know and trust that he is working for the best outcomes in our lives. And there's one thing that we all share as believers in Jesus Christ uh, when it comes to challenges and changes that we face in life, and that is our faith. And, and we, we all have faith, and, uh, and uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're like a normal human being, sometimes your faith can be challenged. Anyone who has a, a, a human nature, anyone that was born of this world, you'll find that sometimes your faith is challenged. You approach things that you haven't approached before. There's things that come. Maybe it's, maybe it's something to do with your finance. Maybe it's something to do with your health. Maybe it's something to do with, with your family or your, your job or, 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 or your business or whatever it is. And there's something that comes along that we haven't had to deal with before. And all of a sudden, our faith can come under trial. It can come under some pressure. And our faith can be challenged when we're faced with circumstances that we haven't encountered. And that's why when we are faced with various forms of uncertainty in this life, it's important to our faith that we pivot towards applying what we already know. And I want to look this morning in the Bible, a, a New Testament, uh, a, a, just an illustration in the New Testament about applying what we know and then one in the Old Testament as well. See, sometimes I find that when I'm going through things and there's challenges that come around about my life, I can overemphasize whatever the issue is rather than thanking God for the victories that he's already brought through for me in the past and celebrating those. And King David, he did that in spades when he penned many of the Psalms. He would start off a lot of the Psalms talking about, you know, the enemies that surround and, and, and all the things that were happening but he would finish by actually reflecting on what he already knew about God. And so he would start applying what he already knew 
in order that he could grow through whatever it was. So I want to reference those this morning, applying what we know. And the first one is in Luke chapter 7 and verse 2 to 10. Now, all these will be passages that will be familiar to most people today. But Luke chapter 7, verses 2 to 10, we read here, At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to come to help the man. They said, if anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority, uh, under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Now here comes the pivot. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd, that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Applying what you know. He was a, a, a Roman officer and, uh, you know, hasn't had copious amounts of training in, in, in Jewish literature or Jewish history, yet knew that Jesus was a man that could heal people, knew that Jesus was a man that was going around doing amazing, miraculous things, understood what authority looked like and applied what he knew and got a result. The second one is in Psalm 13 and verse 1 to 4, and this is our Old Testament uh, uh, reference today. And of course, it is a Psalm of King David. And he says here, O Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? Anyone ever prayed a prayer like that before? Just got to say, I'm going to be honest. I, I've prayed prayers like that. I prayed one like that this week, actually. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eye or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. And here comes the pivot, Psalm 13, 5 to 6. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic. But I have trusted, leaned on and been confident in your mercy and loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice and be in high spirits in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I just want to touch on those words again, but David reflects, I have trusted, I have leaned on, I have been confident in your mercy and loving kindness. See, isn't there an amazing pivot that can happen when we take our focus off our circumstances and actually go to the one that can change all things. The one who himself 
never changes or casts a shifting shadow. You know, uh, in the book of James, we hear that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We, we are people that are subject to change and, and, and subject to having things happen around about our lives that can make us uncomfortable. But we need to be confident in knowing that, that God is causing whatever's going on in and around about our lives to be for our ultimate good. We need to be people, I need to be a person that reflects on how other people in the, in the Bible have done it in the past and change our focus, pivot and shift our focus Apply what we know to be good about God. The things that we know that, that we've, we've, we've wrestled with and we've had breakthrough before and apply those things and reflect on those things and thank God for those things. Allow those things to be signposts in our lives. And if there are things that we come up against that, that perhaps we've never encountered before in our faith is an opportunity for our faith to grow, but also reflect on what other people have gone through in the Bible and God, God, you've been with those people through that. God, you've walked with those people and they've experienced growth in those areas of their life through change that was brought about. And, and learn from those people as well. And so I believe that God will often, by his grace, place people around about us in, in different spheres of influence. When we're going through things and we're going through trials, we're not meant to do this alone. We press into the heart of God and we, we say, God, I, I need your help. God, I, I'm believing for a breakthrough. But I believe God will also position people around about us that can help support us and pray with us and encourage us with their stories of faith as well and their stories of breakthrough. Do you know there's great power in testimony? I, I, I just want to encourage us to be a church that, that continually finds a reason to share Jesus with other people. You know, when we actually tell a testimony there's a biblical principle a spiritual principle that happens it actually releases faith in the life of another person to believe there's great power in testimony i encourage us to be people that share the good things that god has done for us so god wants us to grow in knowledge and trust in him and it's not so much the place of growth that matters what matters is allowing god to grow us and to keep pivoting our life and our faith towards being in touch with him. Sometimes I, I feel that when we, we are going through challenges and, and there's change that's happening around about our lives that makes us uncomfortable and, and we get a little bit uptight and, and, and a little bit prickly about, sometimes we, we think, well, I, I just want to change i'm gonna i'm gonna change my job i'm gonna change my church i'm gonna change my house and sometimes i believe it's it's not so much the environment but it's what god wants to actually do in that place and sometimes if if you're anything like me we can be a little bit premature in and allowing god just to do the work that he wants to do in and through us and i just want to encourage us today to be people that continue to apply what we know we don't have to have all the answers we don't have to have all the understanding but just apply what we know in our lives what we know about the goodness of God what we know about God's faithfulness towards us the stories of faith that we've heard we hear from other people and we read in the Bible apply those things to our life and just allow God to grow us and stretch us in the in the in the place that we find ourselves but I want to encourage us to be people that that grow don't, don't be happy just to be where you are at now. 
Be open to what God wants to reveal and show to you. I believe there's so much more, and I'm going to leave it there today, but there's so much more that God wants to reveal to us. And uh, I just want to finish with one scripture, and that's in Matthew 28. And, uh, and Jesus had just met with his disciples again, and, and he had spoken about, you know, the great, you know, going to all the world and, and preach the gospel and, and he, and he imparted the commission. He said, says this in the B section of 2820. He says, Lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. Hey, church, our confidence is that, that Jesus is with us. Every circumstances every circumstance, sorry, every occasion, no matter what we find ourselves going through or, or, or you know, political climate, whatever it is, He is with us. He is for us. He's wanting to work in and through our lives. And isn't that a great promise? That He doesn't abandon us even to the end of the age. Jesus, when you come back again, what a marvelous day that's going to be. I look forward to that day. Hey, let's pray today. Father, we just want to thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that's working in and through our lives. Lord, we acknowledge that we are in this world. Your word says that even though we're in this world, we're not of this world. It's not our, our final destination. But Lord, you have a greater plan for our lives in eternity. And with bodies that don't perish, Lord, that don't get old, Lord, we just want to thank you right now. That, Father, whilst we are here and, and whilst you have us, Father, for this time in, in history, Lord, that our lives, Father, would reflect the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us in those various challenges and uh, trials that we do find ourselves in from time to time, those changes that come around about our lives. Lord, help us to always pivot towards wanting to reflect the life of Jesus Christ. Help us, Holy Spirit to be more like you, to follow you, to trust you, and have faith, Lord God, that you are for us. And we just want to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.